It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Our scripture this morning is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Today we continue the Easter story. Our scripture actually covers the Easter day in the evening all the way to a week later. We have to remember that this is John's account after the resurrection of Jesus. If you remember last week, we, we talked about Mary Magdalene crying outside the tomb because the body of Jesus was missing. Peter and the other disciple had gone to check it out, but they left and went home after seeing the empty tomb. And Mary finally had an appearance of Jesus where he showed himself to her and told her to go tell his disciples he was coming. Now given that background and given that, that that's the scene that we're talking about, it should be a little surprising to us that we find the disciples behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. But it's not so surprising when you realize that Jesus had just been crucified three days earlier. It's not like it's been a long time. It's been three days since Jesus hung on a cross and died. 
And so you can understand why they're, they're holed up in the house with doors locked, trying to stay safe, trying not to be found, because if they did that to Jesus, what would they do to us? If they did that to the master and to the Lord, what will they do to us? So the scripture says that Jesus appears inside the locked house. By the way, Jesus does not need a key to get into your place. He can come and go as he pleases. The doors are locked and yet Jesus appears in front of the disciples and says, Peace be with you. Peace in your nervous state. Peace in your doubt. Peace in your fear and worry. Peace in all of the uncertainty about the future. Peace in the not understanding what in the world is going on. Peace be with you. There are so many times that we need to hear those words from Jesus. Peace be with you. During this last year, these are words that have continued to echo in my mind. In the middle of everything that we've been through, Jesus continues to whisper the words, Peace be with you. And you see, you can have peace when Jesus is with you because he is the bringer of peace. He gives the peace that passes all understanding. And so when Jesus says, peace be with you, he really means it because he is peace and he is with you. And he said that to them and the scripture says that they looked and they realized that it was Jesus and they began to rejoice. They began to let their fear turn into rejoicing, their despair into joy, their sorrow and their grief was being transformed at that moment into a rejoicing because Jesus was truly alive. Now, the women had told them, but they didn't believe him, right? But now they saw him right there before them. And the scripture says that when they rejoiced, Jesus again repeated, peace be with you. You know, they say that things have to be repeated several times before we actually listen to them. And so Jesus repeats it again, peace be with you. I want you to remember this, peace be with you. If Jesus repeats something more than once, it's got to be important. He's trying to get it through to you that you need to remember these words. And then he gives the disciples some instructions. He says, just as the Father has sent me, now I am going to send you. I'm going to give you a task. I'm going to give you an assignment. I am going to commission you to go and share my words to the whole world. As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And the scripture says he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus was not just giving them a task. He was not just telling them to do something. He was giving them the power through the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish it. He was saying, I'm not sending you to do this by yourself. I'm sending you with the Holy Spirit to guide you and to direct you and to empower you to do it. 
You know, when, when God gives us a task, when God calls us, He empowers us. He gives us the way to accomplish the task. Now, we don't always know what that is right off the bat. We don't always know all the details of how it's going to work out. But God always makes a way so that we can complete that task. And God knew that they would need the help of the Holy Spirit. God knew that they were going to need the help of the Holy Spirit if they were to be out there representing Jesus in the world. So in John's gospel, Jesus is inviting them to receive that Holy Spirit. But we know they weren't quite ready for it yet. You know, they were still in shock that Jesus was before them. They were still in shock that he was back to life. They still did not understand all of, the, all of the things that would come from the resurrection. And they were still trying to sort all of this out in their own hearts and minds. Sometimes we get a task assigned to us, but we just aren't ready to do it just yet. We aren't prepared. Like when the teacher assigns a new project at school, and they tell you, we're going to have a project due in a month. They give you a whole month, you know, and... They tell you you're going to pick a country and you're going to talk about that country or do something. And you immediately go, I'm not ready to do that. That's a big project. But that's why they're telling you ahead of time, right? They're trying to prepare you for what comes next. They're giving you the assignment so that you can have the way to prepare yourself so that when it's time for that assignment to be turned in, you can actually have it done. In many ways, Jesus was always preparing his disciples for whatever was next. You know, he invited them to join him in tasks, and then he gave them the ability to do them, and then he trusted them to try to do them. But how many times did we find the disciples weren't quite up to the task? They weren't quite ready. You remember when Jesus invited them to pray? And they all fell asleep. That sounds like a fail to me, don't it? Or when he invited them to feed the 5,000, and they began to do the math, and they said, this doesn't add up. We can't do this. But in every single one of these circumstances, Jesus was preparing them for greater things, and then he showed them that they could do these things that they thought were impossible. Didn't the 5,000 eat until they were full and they had leftovers? You see, Jesus was teaching them through every example and every task that if I give you a task or something to do, not only will I help you do it and succeed at it, but I'm going to give you overwhelming victory in my name. And that's what they got to see. So when Jesus assigns you a task, don't get overwhelmed. Don't begin to let worry or anxiety overtake you. Remember that the one who commissions you will also equip and empower you. He will give you the tools. He will give you the resources. He will give you the means. And he will even bring the people that you need to make it happen. Well, the scripture tells us Thomas, one of, one of the 12, was not there when Jesus appeared to the disciples. 
You know, he missed the biggest show and tell in the history of the world. And you know, growing up, I hated to miss show and tell. You know, as a kid, kids are always trying to <coughs> come up with a little cough and miss school for a day or two. But you never wanted to miss show and tell because it was the one day that was actually cool, right? You got to see all of your friends' cool things that they brought and everybody got to show and talk about it and it was kind of a fun day. And here is Thomas. He has just missed the biggest show and tell in the history of humanity. Jesus has shown himself to the disciples in the flesh, showing them his wounds, showing them that it was really him, that he's really back from the dead. And Thomas was not there to see it. And the disciples told them, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. He's alive. He's risen. We have seen him. He was right here. What did Thomas say? Well, I didn't see the Lord. And if I didn't see it, it's like it didn't happen, right? Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand on his side, I will not believe. Thomas had really missed the biggest show and tell in the world and he was not happy about it. He refused to believe the disciples when they told them what they had seen. He wanted the show part of the show and tell. He wanted to see it for himself. You know, this, this story in Scripture has earned Thomas the title of Doubting Thomas, right? We all know that phrase, Doubting Thomas. But the reality is that I think what Thomas was crying out for was for the opportunity to see the risen Lord for himself and to celebrate with the same joy and excitement that they had celebrated when Jesus appeared before them. Thomas wanted that experience of coming face to face with the risen Lord. And you have to wonder if he, if he didn't have doubts whether he would get a chance to do that. You know, if you miss show and tell at school, they don't have a do-over the next day for you. Everybody takes their cool stuff home, and it's over. If you missed it, it's over. You missed it. There's no do-over. And you have to wonder if Thomas was feeling that anxiety of maybe this was my one shot and I didn't get it. I missed it. We're told that a week passed and Thomas got his chance. The disciples again were behind closed doors. Again, I don't think they really understood the immensity of the resurrection. They're still afraid. They're still behind closed doors. And the scripture says that even with the doors locked, Jesus appears before them once again. And what does he say? Peace be with you. That's the third time. If he says it twice, pay attention. If he says it three times, it's time to write it down. It's time to take note. Peace 
be with you. And the scripture says that after he said that, he immediately turns to Thomas and says, ta-da. No, he didn't say ta-da. He said, here I am. Come check, come check the marks of the nails. Put your fingers there. Come check my side where I was pierced. Put your hand in there and see that it is really me. Thomas got his show and tell because Jesus knew that he needed it. I think that Jesus still catches us from time to time doubting and says the same thing to us that he says to Thomas. Do not doubt, but believe. Don't doubt, but believe. Trust that I am back. Check me out. I am the risen Lord right here before you. You know, Jesus is constantly inviting us to faith, inviting us to believe in him, inviting us to believe in what he can do in us and through us and for us, inviting us to believe that he has a plan for our lives, inviting us to have faith in what he came to share for the world. But so many times we act like Thomas and say, until I see it for myself, I will not believe. Well, Jesus says, here I am, ready to show myself to you, ready to come face to face with you so that you can see that I truly am the risen Lord. But let me tell you that blessed is he who has not seen and has come to believe. He said this because to not see and to believe is to have faith. And the scripture teaches us that we cannot please God without faith. We need faith. We need that point in which we trust that which we don't know yet because we trust the one who is promising it. And that is Jesus Christ. You know, Thomas didn't touch or feel the nail marks. He didn't stick his hand on the side. The scripture says that he simply exclaimed, my Lord and my God. He's like, whoa, I believe, I believe. We can stop there. Don't have to touch it. You know, there are some things that were brought to show and tell that I did not want to touch. But I saw them and I believed that they were real. I didn't have to touch them. And at that point, it was like Thomas finally said, no, 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 I don't need any more proof. I believe it's enough. I don't have to actually touch. I don't have to actually stick my hand in there. I really believe that you are the risen Lord. It was like he finally came to that wow moment. It is really you, and you are really here before me. And Jesus did call him out on it. Did you just believe because you saw me? Uh, you know, blessed are those who just don't see and still are able to believe in me. But the reality is that we live in a world of show and tell. In a world that doesn't want to just hear about Jesus, they want us to show them Jesus. They want us to show them that we really believe in his resurrection and that we really live as people of the resurrection. 
We live in a world that still expects the show along with the tell. The cool part about the story is that even today, Jesus is inviting those people to believe by faith. He's still inviting them to not doubt. He's still saying, I'm here if you need me to show myself to you, but I want you to believe in me and trust in me through faith. Jesus continues to show up in our lives and in our personal encounters every day. But the people around us still need to hear us tell them about Jesus. And they still need us to show them how Jesus is real in our lives. Because that is how they come face to face with the risen Lord. Did you know that? That you are the one who tells people and shows people that Jesus is risen indeed. Well, the Gospel of John here wraps up by saying there are many other things that Jesus did as signs that he was truly risen, but these are written so that you may believe and through your belief that you may have life in his name. You know, this is one of the parts where I wish they told us more. I want to know all the stuff that he did because that must have been really cool. You know, to see all of the signs of Jesus to his disciples. We know from other scriptures that he actually ate fish with them so they could see that it wasn't just falling to the ground because he was a ghost. We know from other scriptures that he appeared to groups so that they couldn't say that it was just a made-up story. But, oh, I wish John gave us some more juicy details, some more show of what Jesus did. But I really think that he doesn't write more because he wants you and I to believe in Jesus through faith. Because he knows that blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. May we continue to show and tell the world that Jesus Christ is our risen Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you because you have sent us out as you were sent out to share with others that the kingdom of God is at hand, that your salvation is here, and that your son, Jesus Christ, was risen from the dead. Help us, Lord, to live as people of the resurrection so that people will see and hear from us that Jesus is our Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.